0: Hi, my name is James Andrella, and you are listening to the Back to Human podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Crystal Weaver. Crystal runs Rocky Top Goat Soap Company, a company that makes soap and other products from goat milk. I recently upgraded to crystal soap and also upgraded Jade's lip balm, and we are really pleased with the products. You might be wondering why I chose to have an episode specifically about soap. Well, I often say that the things that you put in and on your body matter, and if you can't pronounce the ingredients, it probably shouldn't be going in your mouth or on your body. So today we're going to be diving into what goes in a crystal soap and perhaps what ingredients we should look to avoid with any topicals. Without further ado, Crystal, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. So, could you tell us a little bit about what life was like growing up for you as a kid?
1: Um, as a kid, I did spend a lot of time with my grandparents. They lived in the city. My grandma had a small garden, and they both came from farming backgrounds, my grandma specifically. And from there, I ended up moving and my mom and my stepdad, we farmed and ranched. And it's like just traditional farming, all the big equipment and glyphosate. And then I've always been into horses my whole life, but I ended up rodeoing and showing horses. And then that just kind of took me down all these different other holistic
0: routes. So they were using glyphosate and everything back then?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Can't fix what you don't know. I imagine you're okay. not using that with your products or on your range nowadays.
1: No, definitely not. We've been pretty blessed with the place that we're at. It has only just been grazing and hunting and there's never been any spraying or anything like that. So hmm. pretty on natural.
0: So along with the glyphosate, what products were you using as a kid? Were you using like the, cause I remember when I was in, elementary middle school that I would be using the Axe body washes, the Garnier Fructis, the hair shampoo, the conditioners and stuff like that. And now when I've gone on trips, we'll stay at these Airbnbs and they have the products in the shower. We don't really keep them in the home. But if I look at the ingredient list, they have like polysorbate 40, 80, and red dyes, yellow dyes, blue dyes. So when you were growing up, were you using the typical conventional lotions sprays hair shampoos conditioners
1: yes <laughs> um being a child of in the 90s I'm gonna date myself <laughs> definitely yeah anything that was popular i guess you didn't really know it was good for you or not i don't think it was kind of a taboo subject you just used what was in the like teen magazine and and that's kind of what was popular
0: i mean i've never even heard about goat milk soap Honestly, until probably like the last two years or so. Never even like popped up in my mind to use something different than what was offered to us. Exactly. I imagine if people were doing such a thing, they were using these type of soaps or products that they'd be considered like a hippie or just weird out there. Definitely. (laughs) What inspired you to go down this route of making goat milk soap?
1: Basically how it all started, I mean, I've always been kind of like more nationally inclined as in my adult years. I was introduced to goat milk soap and tinctures and stuff like that. When I lived overseas in Australia, I found that more of like your natural products were bigger, popular there. And that always intrigued me. And I feel like since that point on, that's where I really started looking into the ingredients and what I was using and really changing my mindset around that. I think it was just more natural for me to fall into the goat milk soap. Now, as I've learned about what I need to be putting not only in my body, but on, and it's surprising to me how so many people are focused on what they put in their body and not so much on, and that can just be as detrimental depending on what you're using. With the soap, Basically, I'd been praying, asking God like, hey, what do I need to have in my homestead? Because we're supposed to steward our homesteads and I want to have the best for my family. And with that being said, it's just like God showed me all these different things about what I needed to have. I basically went from one essential oil company to another. That was the start of it. And then I started doing tinctures and homeopathics and kind of just adding herbs And I'm still learning, but I'm really enjoying being able to provide for my family and have that knowledge and to share it with others.
0: So besides the soap, what else do you have on the ranch? Do you guys have your own chickens? So your eggs?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we have our own hens. We've got 20 plus and a couple of roosters and they free range. They just graze because we have about 600 acres that we have access to so they can just kind of do whatever they want and it's nice to know where your animals come from same with our pigs we raise pigs we have meat cattle we have buffalo and like an array of exotic animals as well
0: wow you meat, guys are it.
1: yeah meat is not scarce
0: <laughs> that's awesome what differences have you noticed since making this switch because i've noticed that since using your soap alone. I know it's weird to be talking about this stuff, but I pick up on these little subtleties is I feel clean, obviously I'm showering, but my skin feels softer and I feel like more refreshed. Like I feel more confident with what I'm actually using because the soaps that we weren't before, they had a natural flavors or natural fragrances. And then what changes have you noticed since making the switch?
1: For myself personally, I've noticed that I don't use as much lotion. My skin it feels more hydrated and, and less oily too. I find that's a big deal, especially, I mean, I'm sure where you're at, it's humid as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's, you go outside and you're just drenched in sweat. I feel like, yeah, just the same as you. I get a lot of people that have had really good testimonies with my soap. And so it's always so encouraging being able to help people with any like skin issues that they might have.
0: What are some of the testimonies, if you remember them?
1: Yeah, of course. I'm going to repeat the less lotion. I have a girlfriend that messaged me the other day, and she was telling me that same thing, that she doesn't need as much lotion, especially coming into winter. It's a little more dry. Lip balm, I get lots of people that love the lip balm. And even just yeah, helping their skin just be clearer or the felted soaps those are popular and a lot of people like those for exfoliation and tell me like they've noticed a huge difference in like their skin how clear it is
0: jade mentioned that too with her lip balm she said the very first day she's like well i'm throwing this one out i forget what brand it was that she was using but she only needed to apply one time and she was applying multiple times for the day and especially like right before she goes to sleep so she threw out the old one and this is the Mm -hmm. one Already, within a day, so it's doing something.
1: That's awesome, <laughs> exactly. Now I try to make it light, but moisturizing.
0: So how is the goat milk soap made?
1: So bar soap, very carefully. It's definitely a lot more scientific than you would think. I personally have never really been a huge science person until the last few years especially with what we've been going through as a community. And basically, it is a mixture of fat or oil. And then you mix that with an alkali substance. So like example, sodium hydroxide, and that's what sap- saponifies like your oils. And then once the soap is mixed together, and it cures, then you, that gets you your finished hard product. And then from there, like you can add anything that you kind of want, like herbs or essential oils. And I actually make my own recipes for my soaps. Over the last year and a half, I've really been like honing my skills and trying to come up with a bar that will last, but also smells nice if it has essential oils. And then also something that's going to be positive for your skin.
0: So you're in the lab, you're cooking up in the kitchen.
1: (laughs) Yes, basically (laughs) until I get my own designated soap space. That's kind of what it looks like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they look amazing. Not that a lot of people are probably going to take notice of that, but like the packaging and everything it's, it's, I love being able to support small businesses and especially knowing that you're making this with intention. You actually care what goes in the products when a lot of companies, they're more concerned with like profit and what the bottom dollar is. So I love being with yeah. this. What about the essential oils I heard or you stated before that you made some switch? What, what difference does it make with the oils Are some detrimental for you?
1: Yes. You basically make sure that what you're using has been third-party tested because it's easy to like adulterate them or like mix in like an alcohol. So they're not pure. And then, you know, that'll affect the, the overall quality of what you're using, like what you're getting out of it. And yeah, I make sure that everything that I use is third-party tested. So I know that it's like pure and that it's safe and that, you know, I'm not, putting something in there that I wouldn't put on my own skin.
0: Are there certain brands off top that you would want to avoid?
1: Um, well, there's actually quite a few. Like I wouldn't suggest going to like the grocery store or even the health food store to get essential oils because there's, like I said, there's literally no regulation for their labeling either. So they can say it's pure, but what kind of standard do they test that at? I guess. Mm-hmm. So for me, I personally like to know, be able to look up an essential oil that I have and be able to know where it came from and how they sourced it and that it's safe.
0: Wasn't there, I think there was like a scandal or something with doTERRA. Is that the brand that you switched from? I'll probably edit this out. I, don't <laughs> I actually job.
1: switched from, yeah, I actually switched from Young Living and I was with them oh, for oh, over yeah. eight years and I used their products. I did equine sports massage therapy Mm-hmm. And so I used their products for a long time and like my business and with my family. And then there was, yeah, a huge big thing. And that's like, it was literally the next day after I and asked God like, Hey, what do I need to take out of my home or add? The next day I woke up and went on Instagram and it had like exploded with all this stuff that was so crazy. And I was like, hmm, here's your sign. Wow. So yeah, I definitely switched away from that. Mm
0: -hmm. that's actually one of the brands that i was first recommended by a naturopath i wonder if that if she came across that that information too yeah
1: if you like look i don't know and it's so hard like i feel like there's so much gaslighting with it for me at first i had a really hard time believing it i was like no surely not because you trust the people that you work with within the company and you trust the company because you've used the products and seen the results But after you kind of do some rabbit holing, yeah, there's a lot more to go through than just what you see.
0: What results did you personally see with the essential oils or with your horses too?
1: With the essential oils so much. In a nutshell, basically, I found that like emotionally when I worked with the horses, that made a huge difference. And repeat customers that I had, the horses were like, they would look at their owner with disgust, but they would see me coming and they were excited to see me. Like you could tell they put their ears up and their attention was on me and they were a lot like their demeanors were usually a lot more like friendly towards me than a lot of times their owners, which is really sad, mm-hmm. but it's common.
0: Is that your energy that they were picking up onto? And I guess it was.
1: Probably so. I mean, once they kind of figure out like, Hey, you're here to help me then they have a better attitude towards you
0: that's interesting i was uh, actually going to get into essential oils i have a huge book it's called the chemistry of essential oils made simple it's like mm-hmm. 900 pages or so. i don't know if you've read that but it's sitting on my bookshelf i'm looking at it right now and i just never <laughs> dove into it i was looking to get certified and everything but then once uh, I was going through like doTERRA and it seemed like a multi-level marketing thing I feel like I was being sold. So kind of just took a step back, but now that Jade, she's actually becoming a doula and she's going through homeopathy. I'm sure this would be coming back into our space (laughs) too, where we need to learn how to implement some oils, whether it's for, um, if someone gets sick. So, because we don't really want to go down the Western medicine route tends not to lead to the best results. I'm surprised that you actually experienced this over in Australia and then you were able to bring it back like the homeopathy.
1: Yeah. I find that more of a natural living is a lot more common. It's not like frowned upon as much as it is here in your North America, basically. And I've always kind of like leaned towards my adult life, more of a hippie. Once I realized that what that things that come from the earth, are supposed to be helpful and how they can help you. To me, that just made more sense, just kind of common sense to be utilizing those things that God gave us instead of something that man made in a lab and don't, they don't have near the knowledge.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I am in full alignment with everything that you just said. If it comes from the earth, it's like simple, even with, with foods as well. It's like real food does not need a label on it. It doesn't it like speaks for itself. An egg is an egg. Meat is meat. It doesn't need flour and all these preservatives and dyes in it. So what other ingredients go into the soap? So you said the sodium hydroxide, I believe. Obviously.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it really just depends on the soap. I have one soap, for instance, that I use a bunch of different oils and butters, and then for like herbs. I'll put in lemon balm or I'll put in anything that's a green powder. I even use the egg whites from our eggs, our own like hen's eggs. And we also have buffalo. I'm not sure if I mentioned that before, but they have like a lanolin in their fur that they will shed just like any animal coming into summer. And I also will go and collect that. And I use that lanolin in there to make the soap give a more silky feel. And I have all kinds of weird things that I like to put in them, but they're so beneficial. Even corn silk, we had corn that we grew in our garden this year. And so I took the corn silk and I dehydrated it and I use that in my soaps as well for like that more silky effect. And everything that I put in my soap, I try my best to do either local and it's grass fed like for the tallow or organic, or things that we even grow in our own garden, or that I've wild picked myself. And moving forward, that's my goal is to really be more able to use more product from our own property than outsourcing as much as I can.
0: How is it around where you live? Are people a little bit more holistic minded?
1: I would say they're opening up to it. We have like a local little market that we do, and I find a lot of people, it's taken them a little bit to get used to that, because it's kind of like a small community mentality where they've done something the same way forever. Mm -hmm. And so trying to be open-minded to something different, it's definitely been a challenge, Mm -hmm. but... We, at this little market, we're even doing where we swap a lot of things now. And so different people in town, like one lady makes sourdough and she sews and I have soap and then another lady has pot holders or whatever, eggs. And we'll just kind of trade these things. And I think throughout that happening, it's been showing people that there's a more organic lifestyle and that we can all like benefit from it. It's been mm-hmm. fun.
0: That sounds awesome. It's like exchanging commodities instead of currencies over there. Things that you actually need. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yes, exactly. It's been really fun.
0: What ingredients should we be looking out for in the typical body washes or soaps and why are they harmful?
1: The first one I'm going to cover is fragrance. That is something that is, has zero regulation on it. I know you and I've talked about this. If anyone has Netflix to go and watch the documentary called Stink. It is, that's what opened my eyes a lot more to basically everything has some sort of fragrance in it. And with a fragrance, it could legit just be like weed killer and they could put some sort of a smell on it and call it fragrance, Mm -hmm. which to me is insane. Like think about all the perfume that you probably or cologne that you wore as a teenager. It legit could have been anything in there. And you were spraying that on your body, which is like your biggest organ, your skin. Mm -hmm, skin. (laughs) Yeah, that has really, and I always try to tell people watch this because for me, that was a huge game changer, especially about doing better for my family. With the fragrance, it's not regulated. And I don't know, if you look up some scientific studies, it can cause respiratory issues, like basically anything, cancers, Skin issues, it's definitely not something that I would want in a product that I put in my skin or anyone else's. I wouldn't want that at all. Another thing, like you mentioned, is like dyes. Any sort of dyes, because like Red 40, for example, has been linked to so many different issues, ADHD and all kinds of stuff. And so that's something else that I would also make sure... And when I always look at product, if I have to outsource something, I'm looking to see how long the ingredient list is and where things are on the ingredient list. Like example, for me, goat's milk is usually second or third on the list because usually an oil before that is something that takes up the most space in the soap mm-hmm. in the recipe. Yeah. I really just want to look at if I can even pronounce any of these things I'll Google them and find out what's in them, what they are made of, or where they're sourced from, Hmm. things like that.
0: So natural fragrance, similar to natural flavors, which you'll find in a lot of processed foods is literally just anything, weed killer, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, and then as you stated, people are putting this on their skin and they're rubbing it in their armpits, their genital area as well, all these glandular tissues like, I don't think people understand that we can absorb material or these chemicals through our skin, even things like um, sunblock. It's like this gets into your bloodstream so it could cause some endocrine issues, cause some hormonal issues. And then I know that when people are dealing with some type of skin issue, one of the first things that they wanna go to is they wanna go to topicals or they want some creams some lotions in order to kind of settle it down a little bit. What's in that? And then to my knowledge, if you're experiencing some type of skin issue, this is because something internally is off and you need to fix that. Generally in my experience, it comes down to what you're eating. And I noticed a huge difference when I cut out drinking beer, liquor and remove gluten from my diet. I used to deal with some eczema around my face especially on my nose, my forehead area. And it was like really, really painful. It was like scaly. But as soon as I ditched those foods, it went away. No topicals, no creams would really get rid of it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Have you ever read the book, Wheat Belly?
0: That is literally next on my list. It's sitting at the top of my shelf. I want to do an episode on that as well.
1: Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah, that definitely opened my eyes to how processed everything is, just even, you know, for centuries, mm-hmm. sadly.
0: Were you dealing with any health issues yourself prior to getting into this or, like, becoming more holistic?
1: Well, yes. Back in 2011, I went to a naturopath because prior to that, I went to just a regular Western medicine doctor, and I was like, hey, I'm experiencing all these different symptoms, can you help me? Basically, I've never been. I spent when I was a little baby, I spent a lot of time in the hospital, and that's not something that I have ever felt comfortable with. I went to this guy thinking that he would actually help me, and to my surprise, I was 22 or 21, and he told me, Well, you're not 18 anymore. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. So, moving forward, I went to a naturopath, she got me. I went gluten-free, dairy-free, and just so we could kind of like cut all that out and then see, bring things back in and see what was more of an issue. After that point, that's really when I feel like I amped up my, the things I put in on my body. It's just been like a journey. It's trial and error, and you're going to find things that work better for you than might work for somebody else. And it's really just dependent on, especially like your toxin load and your gut health and things like that.
0: So while you were going through that transition, do you remember what your experience was like? Was it, was it difficult for you? Was there times when you just were craving the bread or was it more just like, okay, I want to fix this issue and my desire outweighs any of these cravings that I'm currently having?
1: I find for me, I've always kind of leaned towards sweets. (laughs) I like a good sweet, like chocolate, probably up there. I found for me, that was probably the hardest thing. I was reading this girl that I followed at the time. She would say that like, if you were craving a sugar, that means you needed to eat more fruit. And if you were craving a salt, that means you needed to eat more veggies. And so that's what I did. I basically replaced that with, you know, something that was much better for me. So that's basically the hardest thing. And also at that time, there wasn't a lot of options. (laughs) I felt everything was just so processed and people were just trying to figure it out. Like if you would go in the health food section was like this big in any kind of store. That made it a little difficult, but it got me also to be more creative with what I was eating. Like, for example, because I loved sweets, one thing I would do was I would take a rice paper and put peaches in it with some like cinnamon, a little bit of honey, and then I would just put that in butter or whatever, and and fry it up. It was like a peach cobbler. Honestly, it was so good without all the extra stuff. (laughs) I just kind of did stuff like that. And my roommate at the time thought I was so weird, but she got on board. And after about two weeks of changing up my minerals and vitamins that I was taking... And even getting more into like a pattern as much as I could, because I was working two jobs and I was working on horses and roping and doing all the things. I found, though, that I had so much energy. I could go to sleep at like 11 and wake up at five and I could go all day long. And even my roommate was like, what are you doing outside all day? Because we Mm -hmm. lived on a big ranch and I was just getting stuff done. I just had all this energy to burn. For me, that was huge, especially from where I was in my early 20s to then. I mean, I was 25 or so then, mid-20s, but that was a huge jump in just everything. Like I felt great, I slept great, like my physique was so much stronger and I feel like that just all, that's, if you don't have any of that, you need to start working on something to get one of those going, to be able to keep your body going. You only have one and you need to take care of it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's your temple.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: If I'm getting this timeline, I'm a little mixed up with the timeline. So then would you say the nutrition came first and then you started to look into more of these products, like the soaps and what you're putting in your, okay.
1: Yeah. I always like, since I, once I lived in Australia, I was more aware. And then I would say just after that, where the food came in into play a little more.
0: So you've always lived on ranches pretty much. You're a country girl. Yeah.
1: Always. <laughs> oh. I don't know that I feel comfortable as much in the city.
0: I don't blame you. I'm a city boy born and raised, but I feel like I'm a country boy at heart. So one day, one day I'll have my own ranch. You guys inspire me.
1: Yes, well, thanks.
0: <laughs> so we're winding back a little bit when we were going when we we're talking about the natural fragrances, uh, and you mentioned colognes and perfumes and such. Have you found any alternatives that are actually decent for like a body spray?
1: Typically, for me now, all I use is oil. <laughs> And I just try to keep it simple. They have, like, you can make your own blends. It's so easy. And that's just basically what I stick with. And I haven't really had anyone tell me that I smell bad. (laughs) That's the win. And now, honestly, if I'm somewhere, like, at anywhere, just out in crowds of people, I cannot stand anything that has fragrance in it. Even when I go to, like, farmers markets and people have fragrance in their candles or other products like that I can't even can't even do it it's like instant headache
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I mean if that doesn't
1: tell you something
0: yeah I can smell it like around the corner whenever we leave our condo like I could tell someone's been here it lingers it sticks around
1: yes yeah it does so many people are watching tv and commercials, and then you have like your Glade plug-in and your Febreze and all these things that are just so common. Mm -hmm. And I think people just get numb to the fact that these aren't good for you. They just think, oh, I want my home to smell nice or, oh, I want my laundry to smell nice. Well, in my opinion, like there's nothing better than being able to hang up your laundry outside and having the air dry it. It smells amazing. Like you curl up in your bed at night with your fresh sheets. I've been outside and you're like, Oh yeah, (laughs) I'm going to have a good sleep tonight.
0: They've become nose blind to it. We actually had to remove the Glade plugins from the, from an Airbnb that we recently stayed in. And I mentioned afterwards because the host was amazing. He asked for some constructive criticism and I was like, these are things that I would remove just because of this reason I linked them to the podcast. That was like an earthing episode. He's like, wow, you interviewed Clint Ober. I love that guy where he takes his Airbnb. And if he made some changes, but I don't really hold anyone to that, but definitely like the, it's hard to know how something is affecting you when you've been born into this, like throughout your childhood, you're, family, your grandparents were spraying the glyphosate. Like if this is all you've ever known, it's hard to know any different. To kind of go against the grain, it can be unsettling, definitely uncomfortable. But I, I think that there is grass that is greener on the other side. And I think we're heading there with these type of conversations. So I'm glad that you mentioned those, the products like the aerosols and the Glade plugins. With uh, the essential oils now, I know this is an essential oil only episode, but definitely interested. Is there some that you know are not great to put on your body?
1: Basically, like I touched on before, like I would not go to just the health food store and get whatever. Brand they have. I had someone when I was working with horses, I was explaining to them. I have brands that I love and trust and use and, I would suggest, I am familiar with this brand. I can't vouch for any other brands because I don't know where they are, except I told her to go do something with this horse and to get the oils that I suggested and to do that. And she went to the health food store and got those oils and the horse hated them. And she was like, well, he doesn't even want anything to do with it. And I was like, well, it's probably because you went to the health food store. And she got this other brand that I had suggested. And from then on, that horse was all about it. Just changing one little thing. And even with my goats, I do that. I use essential oils on my goats. I use, I'll make fire cider. I don't know if you've heard of that. But it's all like apple cider, vinegar, and herbs and stuff. And we take that internally. I feel like our respiratory is getting a little bit iffy or feeling a little run down but I also give stuff like that to my goats. My goats get garlic, they get herbs that are formulated by a herbologist, all kinds of different things. It's just basically you should do your own research. I definitely recommend that. And like I said before, you want to go with somewhere that you can like email them and say, Hey, I have this bottle and it has a serial number on it. Can you tell me where this is sourced from? And- things like that. And they should be able to tell you. If they can't, then I would definitely not use that company. Mm -hmm. I would search elsewhere because I know a lot of people are bang for your buck kind of thing, but you also get what you pay for. I'm a firm believer that if you're going to invest in something that it's going to work better.
0: And animals are a great litmus test for this. I think that's actually how PMF actually started with equestrians, if I have that correctly where animals aren't really subjected to the placebo effect. So if something works, that means that it really does work. And I imagine with some of these oils that they have in the health food store, I've smelled them before. It's almost like you can smell that they're synthetic or not authentic. You can tell the difference. It makes a difference.
1: It does. It really does. Like It might as well be fragrance. (laughs) Honestly, for some of them, I'm like, wow, like Walmart. People go to Walmart and Target and get them. I'm like, oh, like I wouldn't even put that in a diffuser because then you're breathing that in. It's the same thing as applying it topically Mm. in my mind anyways.
0: No, probably right. Last thing with essential oils that when I asked about the topicals, if any are like potentially dangerous, I remember I came across a study that was lavender, how men should not be putting lavender on their body. Because it will actually, like, tank their testosterone.
1: If Mm -hmm. I can find
0: it, I'll I'll send it over to you. That's why I was asking. Particularly, like, if we need to dilute them, if some need to be or okay to do directly.
1: Mm -hmm. I also wonder, too, like, when – what brands they were testing. Were these adulterated oils? Did they have added whatever to them? I don't know. I just know that what my experiences have been. And, like, I personally – for example, my husband, he's been using oils for almost 10 years and I've never noticed any difference with him. Same with my horses or my goats. I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to hard to say with that personally.
0: Was it hard to get your husband bought into the soaps? I remember actually on your stories a few weeks ago, uh, it was something along the lines of you thought you were marrying this girl or this woman. And all of a sudden, she's drinking raw milk. She's ditching the fragrances, the clay plugins, and stuff like that. Something along that, those lines. Was it hard to get him bought in?
1: Um, no, I wouldn't really say his family. His mom, in particular, is very holistic. She's taking her like naturopathic doctorate. And yeah, it's been an interesting journey. He mostly just makes fun of me, especially with the goats, because he grew up showing meat goats and doing FFA and stuff like that. And ranching goats have a purpose. They are part of an income strategy to keep your ranch going. And they're also an animal to provide for your family. He grew up eating a lot of goat meat. And he makes fun of me with the milk goats because I like to call them the princesses of the goat world (laughs) they are very particular they have big personalities and yeah he mostly just makes fun of me because here we are we're all drinking raw milk and even with the goat's milk when we first got our milk goats he was not sure because you think about the stuff you can get that's readily available at the store it does not taste very good it's very like billy goat kind of what a billy goat smells like to me that's what the stuff at the store tastes like which isn't very good I wouldn't suggest going up to one and smelling it but yeah so with having this herd that we have now and the holistic practices that we use with them like the milk is hands down it's just hands down so much better and we drink it raw we don't pasteurize i find a lot of people put too much thought into what the world is telling you to do and what's safe and not safe and really just making it harder than it is. I don't think it needs to be so difficult. We're just trying to keep it simple. And he's very, Charlie's very supportive. Yeah, he just, it's kind of one of those things where I show up and I'm like, hey, I have 10 goats. And he's like, well, this is a little inconvenient, but okay, (laughs) he doesn't, he mostly just makes fun of me.
0: Did you grow up yourself drinking pasteurized milk? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like when I lived in Australia, they had a milk goat and, or a milk cow, sorry. And yeah, I always thought that was weird. But the funny thing is, is when I lived over there, I was fine drinking milk. And even after I traveled there several times after I lived there, I grew up in Canada. So Drinking milk there and even traveling in the U.S. and being here, I was not able to really, like it didn't digest well. Mm -hmm. But I could go to Australia and I had no issue. But if you go to the milk section at a store, here we have, what, 6, 10, 12 plus different kinds of milk that you can choose from. Different strengths, like some is a heavier milk than, you know, a 2% that's like watered down. They had, at the time... Two different kinds of milk that you could get. I'm thinking that they probably had different pasteurization processes than we do here and stuff like that. Hmm. I found the raw milk was a lot more like palatable.
0: So let's talk about your princesses then, the ones that supply the milk. Yes. You mentioned that you have a holistic practice for them. How do you keep the herd healthy?
1: Basically we base their health on, we do. We use a lot of herbs, mainly for meadows. They have blends already. And mostly the biggest reason for doing this too is because if we were to use like a Western medicine dewormer, for example, that would affect the milk. I wouldn't be able to drink or use the milk for anything for at least three weeks. That's what they tell you. I'm sure it's probably much longer than that. We looked at things that we could use that we didn't have to worry about that. And not only just, you know, for milk, but also in the soap, because that'll transfer as well. We use like apple cider vinegar. I put apple cider vinegar with the mother that goes in their water. Like I said before, they get garlic. That's great for their immune system. And then I also do a mineral buffet with them. Basically, it's just like 22 total that I have out for them of different things like copper, sulfur, zinc, just anything that they might need or be deficient in like phosphorus also. And I have that out for them and they love that. And they can actually regulate what they intake and I did originally have them on a pre-mixed mineral that was highly suggested by many other breeders. And I noticed that my goats weren't, like their hair was like sunbleached more. They weren't, they didn't have as dark of a coat and shiny. Their coats weren't as shiny. And they also were eating a lot, like more than what I thought that they should and not looking like they were getting that nutrition with that being said once i switched over to that mineral buffet and they were able to pick their own minerals which i wish that we had this ability (laughs) (laughs) because i think we would just be so much more healthy but they're able to pick out what they lack say if your hay doesn't have enough calcium in it or whatnot, then they're going to balance that out with whatever mineral that they need. I found that has made a huge difference and that shows up in the milk as well. The quality, it's more creamy, you have like a higher butterfat content and they're able to produce for longer. It's not as taxing on their body.
0: I love that you mentioned how they can kind of self-regulate because I do think that the animal world kind of mirrors what we're experiencing, at least- in regards to domesticated animals, where and I think we can, similar to what you mentioned earlier, where if you are craving this, then you're probably deficient in this. And how if we're eating the processed foods and we have this insatiable hunger, we're always hungry. We can eat the, a huge meal, but we're still hungry afterwards. We're still seeking something. To me, what that tells us is that we're not getting the minerals that we actually need to satiate ourselves or whatever nutrients were in there. We're not fulfilling enough. We have to seek more of the things that aren't really fulfilling us in the first place. So we have this overconsumption, And then we have like the animal world mirroring the human world. We have over-vaccinations, over-medications. I like that you're touching on this holistic bit a lot. Where did you start to learn about like, Mineral deficiencies with your goats?
1: Online, there is a group that I'm in. There's a lady that she actually has kind of been the pioneer for the mineral buffet, and she grows all of her own herbs, or if she can't grow it just because of her zone that she's in, she will outsource. But she makes like tinctures, she does her own herbal blends for her goats, and she has different blends for pre breeding or pre and post kidding that just help her goats like raspberry leaf, for example. It's the same like a woman, if you're getting ready to have a baby. Well, then you probably want to drink some more tea with raspberry leaf in it. Same with the goats. And a lot of times, like I have one goat, she's a trash can, you can basically feed her anything. And she loves it. And so she's, she's pretty easy. But uh, it just makes a difference just adding in these things. And it And that's not, I feel feel like people, they're so used to Western medicine that when they try something that is like more organic or holistic, they expect to see results instantly. I feel like people are the same with animals. We don't see an instant anything, whatever you're looking for. It makes you miss seeing all these small changes that are happening. It's like always try something and like I'll do it for like three months because I feel like that gives you enough time to see however much of a change that you would need to see to be able to keep going on it. Same with the goats. It's the same way. And the mineral buffet was something I invested in and the herbs and even just the garlic. The garlic you feed it to them every day and it's kind of it's a little time consuming. But you see the difference because here's everybody else that like doesn't do what I do and their animals are not thriving. And then here's my animals where now their immune system is built up. So I don't have like a lot of parasite issues to speak of or they're even eating less because now they're getting their minerals they need. They're not how you were saying, you're overeating, trying to compensate for something that might not be there. And especially like for people, I know a lot of people around this time too, overeat, and then you feel tired. Well, like food shouldn't make you feel tired. It should make you feel energetic and you should be able to get sustain on the energy that you're getting from what you're eating. And it's the same with the goats. It's, yeah. Or any animal, honestly even horses, it's the same thing. So much processed food in there. If you keep it simple and that's what I think is best.
0: Keep it simple and keep it aligned with what they should actually be eating. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I believe that God created all this for a reason and we have gotten very detached from his creation. So I'm glad that I can have conversations like this where we can kind of bring things back. And then you have I'm not going to say the proof is in the pudding because I don't think pudding is very great for you, but uh, the, proof in the, <laughs> the proof is in the minerals. Yes. <laughs> I read a book a while ago. It was called Soil, Grass, and Cancer. I don't know if you've come across this, but since you mentioned copper and the minerals, it, it kind of lit off this light bulb in my head and it stated how more so with cows, I don't know if they mentioned goats in there, but if they were copper deficient, it would lead to things like tetany where they just like seize up completely i believe that's what that is so what do you do for the soil or is it mostly just the the minerals that you're feeding them what do you do you do anything different for the soil that you guys have in the ranch
1: not particularly you can go to any your local ffa agent or your like local agriculture agent in your town and you can find out what your area is lacking in or what it's, what it's over-providing. I think that's helpful as far as looking into like what you're feeding them. I know particularly where we live, it's a little bit more of a hard water. I like to take horse filter or like an RV filter. It's kind of the same thing and put that on their water hoses. That's helpful. As far as the dirt itself goes, I would, if like, if I was going to go buy something to live on, I would make sure that place had not been farmed like traditionally, or that you don't have, you're not surrounded by neighbors with cornfields or whatever, because in my mind, even if they're spraying it next door, it's going to leak onto your property. There's not very much property and they're not making any (laughs) more, but if that's something that someone's looking at, I definitely would try to not get like old farmland. And I feel like just because of where we live, I've been so blessed to not have to think about that because regeneration takes time Mm -hmm. and be 80 years from now. Well, to think about my family and my little boy and that what he's going to have to be dealing with years from now, it's really just thinking ahead and same with myself, trying to see where what I lack in or what I'm needing. And our animals, our livestock, the same way. I definitely, I'm always thinking about what would be better for them and for us, so. Yeah, you're stewarding. Yes, stewarding.
0: <laughs> I believe it's also called husbandry, like. Yes. With the mm-hmm.
1: Animal husbandry. And I think that's interesting you mentioned cows because they're a ruminant as well. The goats and the cows eat very similar. Their stomachs are built very similar. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to look that book up.
0: I'll send you a link to it afterwards. It's kind of hard to come by, but I think it'd be right up your alley. Getting back to the the goat soap. I noticed that you have a few different ones on here and, and some look pretty cool. You put felt on them. What What's the purpose behind the felt with some of these soaps? Is it just like make it easier to handle?
1: Yes, that is one thing that it's helpful for. Mostly I find that people like it. It's a very mild exfoliant. And I try to use a merino or like a mixed merino because of the like hair follicle itself is a lot better quality and softer. And then also like the felt will help wick away the moisture on the soap. So it'll make it last longer. You don't need any sort of a loofah, because you already have that felt on there to be able to gently exfoliate. I find lots of people like it for their face bars. I've been getting people that have skin issues that have been messaging me, telling me how they really like it. And it's very gentle. And I think that in combo with the soap itself definitely has a lot of value. And it's honestly probably my best seller right now, Mm -hmm. especially for kids it's hard to find something that kids like and it's colorful and it makes their bath time fun.
0: I think that'll be my next purchase. I didn't order those this time around, but (laughs) yeah, I'll
1: have to like before I put them online.
0: (laughs) Your username on Instagram is actually Regeneration Ranch. What other regenerative practices do you guys practice?
1: The whole vision for us when we came to the ranch a few years ago was that we wanted to do the regenerative agriculture, especially because where we live, um, it's very rocky and very dry. For instance, this summer we had over 100 days that were over like 110 degrees for the high and it was awful. And until then, we hadn't had any rain. That's really been like our focus and our vision of just educating ourselves to what that looks like. Because like I said, I came from like a traditional farming and ranching background where that, yes, you rotate your animals and you want to watch browse in your grass and things like that to make sure you have enough all the year and not overgraze. But it's also really different. There's a lot of scientific backing towards it and and a lot of studies are being done about how that's positive just for the earth in general especially even the animals how they're getting a better quality browse rotating them and having fresh source available at all times and that gives your property a little bit of time to rest and and just yeah regenerate itself like how it's supposed to
0: So no monocropping or anything like that. What do you guys grow?
1: We just have a garden for now. It's about a quarter of an acre. And we've really been focusing on that. Basically, it's mostly all raised beds just because of where we're like, we're very rocky where we're at. It makes it hard to have an in-ground garden. We do have a creek that's like, it's a dry creek until we get copious amounts of rain. But we tend to use more of the creek water. like dirt for our garden just because the, the should be a lot higher there and yeah so that's been interesting trying to I mean I came originally from a, a black dirt that was more maybe a little more sandy and clay and now having to come into something that's completely different has been def- a lot of trial and error and seeing what grows best where and so that's kind of where we're at trial and error
0: The quarter acre for the garden and the rest is pretty much just for the animals to graze because you have the buffalo, goats. Is it difficult for
1: Mm -hmm.
0: grass to grow there since it's so rocky?
1: I would say yes. It's very resilient. It reminds me a lot of Australia where you get all that heat and you get a good rain and the grass just really comes back. And you think that spots where there would never ever be grass again, somehow... Here it comes out of the dirt and you're just blessed with all this green. Like right now, we've had probably, mm, I don't know, at least over 20 inches in the last few months, which is very unusual, but we'll take it. And it's just so green. I don't even remember last year, we had lots of rain, you know, more towards the fall and it wasn't even this green right now.
0: What about with any type of pests? Like, do you guys use any pesticides, fungicides, herbicides?
1: don't know. No. I tend to lean more towards for like a diatomaceous earth. I'll use that, especially around where the animals eat. And also a green clay. I like that to put that out as well. I find both those things are just readily available. You can get them from your feed store. You can order them online and the diatomaceous earth in particular really helps with the parasite prevention for your animals. We put it around their waters and their feeders and you can even well yeah I shouldn't probably say that but you can put it in their food and water even if like small amounts it's helpful The diatomaceous earth does a big it has a lot of multi-purpose uses. Mm
0: -hmm. can't humans eat that too if I'm correct yeah. Mm. I was reading about that, but I've never really actually tried anything in regards to diatomaceous earth. Hopefully I pronounced it correctly. Have you seen, uh, I think it's Big Little Farm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: It it pretty much sounds exactly what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, that's basically where we got our inspiration. We saw that at the time. Charlie was doing a lot of welding and we were traveling around and I was like, we could totally do that. And we watched it and he was just, that is his favorite thing to watch. He just loves it. And he's like, they can do it. Anybody can. I mean, they literally went from little to no experience. And that's the thing you get mentors. That's what I did when I got into my goat milk soap. I found someone that's been doing it forever and she encouraged me and was more, hey, you did this wrong (laughs) so I could fix it. That's basically what they did. They found someone that could mentor them and teach them things they needed to learn to be able to be productive at what they were doing and be successful.
0: I think that's how education really should be overall. Yes. I mean, I'm learning so much from this and I feel like I could just be here for hours with you. But what do you guys plan to do with your little one? How old is he? He's four. Four. Are you guys going to homeschool him or... What do you have planned for his education? Yes.
1: Homeschooling for sure. Especially where we're at, the education system isn't that good. And they're very sport-focused, which is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with being athletic and using the skills that God gave you. But I feel like it should be more in my mind. I never loved school. School was my least favorite thing. I hated going. I didn't like the people that were there, I just felt like I did not fit in. And that's because I didn't. It's not like he's going to lack any sort of social skill. We're around people all the time. We go to markets. Even with the animals, he's going to be able to start showing animals and participating in programs like FFA, where he's going to learn to be able to like cook. And he's going to learn animal husbandry. And then he's also going to transfer that. They teach you how to do welding and just be creative and use your skills. It's such a great program. We're going to definitely have them in that. And then along with the homeschooling, it's going to be like homeschooling slash unschooling. Because I feel what you learn in school, and I know I've heard you say this, it's not, it's indoctrination. It's not, I think about things that I learned in school and beyond, obviously, English and history was interesting to me. And obviously, math, but there's a lot of things in that that I didn't use. And then there's a lot of things that I do use, like the home ec portion. Mm-hmm. I feel like with homeschooling, you can just streamline more of what you want them to be taught mm-hmm. than not taught. And I don't feel that someone's going to do a better job teaching my own family than my husband or I, because we know what is valuable to us and what our beliefs are. And so we want to instill that into
0: our son. Yep. Instead of having some stranger do it for you, I yes. totally agree with you. I'm yeah. reading a book right now. It's called Wild and Free, and it's all about like unschooling and the different types of schools. If you are planning to homeschool, my boy is one year old, so I have a few years to think about this, but I think I'd want him in a situation more like yours where he's just able to play with the animals. Does he help out with the animals and like feeding them milking?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. He's he I have one goat, Grace, and he milks her. He his job in the especially in the summer months is to check the chickens and get eggs every day. That's his job. He helps us do chores. He loves going and checking on the animals and checking waters. He's very mechanically inclined for being four. Anything that has tires that he can drive or ride with us, he just loves to learn and he likes taking things apart, being able to put them back together. I feel like our lifestyle just gives him such an, a step up, doing things that he's interested in.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's the environment that actually reminds me. There's another good one for the listeners to this another book about homeschooling. It's called "Don't Tell Me I Can't." I believe a sixteen year old. I think he was sixteen when he wrote this. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. But at four years old, he was removing engines from cars and such. So it sounds exactly like these are real life skills that will actually be applicable. And you don't need to wait till you're done with high school. You don't need to go for a degree. If you know this stuff, you know this stuff, it's very valuable. And I, I think this is where we need to be in the future, where we're teaching kids skills instead of having them pursue a piece of paper that tells them that they've done it, that they're smart. They're educated. I've got the piece yes. myself. I am educated. I went to higher education and I probably learned more from the books that are on my shelves within a few months than I ever did in school. So yeah, that's awesome. I love what you guys are doing over there. You have the goat milk soap. You have the lip balms. I believe there's a salve too. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah.
1: Yes. What, so, uh-huh.
0: what is that used for?
1: These are wild picked dandelions that I use and then I infuse it into just different oils and butters, same kind of idea as the soap. And you can also basically put anything in there. I picked dandelions just because they have so many different properties. Like growing up as a kid, I was always told that they were weeds. That's, That's what I was told. And now I'm looking at them, they have so many uses. You can do tea, you can infuse them in oils. I went with the dandelion. I love lavender just for its calming and like skin properties. You know, you can apply it and it's healing. So I try to put ingredients like that into myself. I feel like the dandelion one's probably my favorite. And that's something I'm going to continue. I've had a really good response from it.
0: Isn't it supposed to be like anti-cancerous as well?
1: Yes, as far as scientific studies. <laughs> but I know... And I get a lot of inspiration from the Amish. That sounds so funny, but my mom and I went to New York this summer and we were on this train and I sat beside this Amish lady and we got to chatting and she was probably 70. And she was telling me about how her home recently burnt down and she lost over 500 books. And so I was like, wow, how devastating is that? I mean, these were probably many books that had been passed down generations. And she was very surprised that we had very similar values. And I really wish now that like, I could have got her phone number or her address or whatever to stay in touch with her because she was just a wealth of information. And we were talking a little bit about herbs and stuff. And it's interesting to me, one of the cookbooks, the Amish cookbooks I have, has a dandelion green salad. And that's not something that if you didn't grow up with that you would think of. Like if you would have told me 30 years ago that I would be eating a dandelion salad, I'd be like, yuck, <laughs> what am I gonna be eating weeds for? Mm-hmm. But now knowing what I know, you can like you were saying before, you can really only just plant seeds to be able to share your information and hope that someone wakes up to it and they can do better for themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Parable of the sower.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. Yep. It's really all you can do. And that's what I'm trying to do with my products. I want people to be able to have a better product for themselves, whatever that looks like for you. I'm gonna support that. It's just planting those little seeds.
0: Mm -hmm. And the day you plant the seed is not the day that you reap the harvest. But slowly, I feel like slowly, 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 but surely. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking about dandelions, last thing on that, you can actually eat them to any of the listeners that do think that they're just weeds, but probably would want to avoid anything that's sprayed with glyphosate, which that's kind of weird Mm -hmm. how everything has just been inverted. It's like, this is a weed, spray it, kill it, nuke it. It heals you. Yes, that's a wrap mm-hmm. hole if anyone wants to dive down there, but I'm not going to entertain it for this one. But.
1: <laughs> it's so a whole there, different episode.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are there any other products that you'd look to add to your shop?
1: I know we have talked about this a little bit. <laughs> I do have a few things that I'm going to be introducing in the new year. If I can find recipe that I really love and enjoy something that I can come up with that's going to be for everybody. I try to have, you know, a multi-purpose product too. I do have a few things that I have been thinking about trying. And that's another thing. I always test everything. Yeah. I don't just launch it like the day after I make it. It's, you know, I try it out and make sure that we all love it and that it has the properties that I'm looking for and whatever it is that I'm making and that other people are going to enjoy it might be a next year thing that I'll be adding some different products, but I hope to. And I'd also want to add more soap, try to have like a fuller range available more often.
0: Mm -hmm. You definitely got the soap down. That stuff works. (laughs) I love how it feels. Again, I feel refreshed after using it. And it feels good knowing that I'm able to support someone like you, yourself, small business, and that you actually do care about what goes in the product for your family and then for others. So thank you for sharing your gift.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: So where can people find you? Because also you have the Rocky Top Goat website. And what about Instagram or any other social medias?
1: Instagram is the same handle. It's Rocky Top Goat. And same with, yep. My Facebook is the same too. Rocky Top Goat. And the website, I try to keep it simple across all platforms.
0: Awesome. Cool. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I will share that in these show notes. And again, I am so grateful that we were able to share this. I learned so much. You got my mind running right now. You make me want to go run, uh, watch Little Big Farm all over again, maybe 10 more times. Yes. <laughs> awesome.
1: That's awesome.
0: Thank you so much again for your time, Crystal.
1: Okay. Thank you. You have a blessed one.
0: You too. God bless. God bless.
1: Yeah, bye.